Welcome. You've joined the Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Our show is here to help you achieve better, better love, better sex, and a better, more intimate relationship. Are you ready? Take notes and send us your questions. This is the Sexy Lifestyle. Now, here are your hosts, Carol and David. Hi, everyone. I'm Carol. And I'm David. Are you ready to spice up your sex life and live happy, healthy, and always horny? Well, you've come to the right place because that's what the sexy lifestyle is all about. David and I are passionate about making your sex life the best it can be. We sure are. And you know we love talking about sex and sexuality, sexual pleasure, communication, consent, respect, relationships, and maybe... Spirits. Spirits. We're going to talk about that today. And, um, you know, um, we hope our discussions open up your dialogue about great sex because... Well, great sex matters and we all deserve it. We sure do. So in a world where knowledge is power, we seek out information from every imaginable source. Some people are looking for information or advice from their loved ones who've passed to the other side. For that, you need a psychic medium to communicate with their spirits. So on today's show, we're going to discover how a psychic medium works and why people are drawn to the afterlife for answers to questions posed in this life. And although this episode is going to cover a little different type of sexy information, we want to bring to you more options when it comes to being open-minded, non-judgmental, and accepting of others. This concept of spirits and the afterlife has always fascinated me, and I'm excited to share this amazing dialogue with you, too. Absolutely, but hang on. We're going to tell you about our top waterproof blanket before we get into the show, because everybody should continue to have great sex now more than ever. But if you're fed up with sleeping in the wet spot or having to change your sheets every time you have sex, then you need one of our top waterproof blankets. It's 100% waterproof and leak-proof, and it guarantees to keep your bed and mattress dry no matter how wet it gets. From messy massage oils to silicone lubes or any other sexy wetness, just throw it in the washer and dryer and it comes out looking like brand new. And you don't have to leave your house to get one. Simply and safely go to Amazon and order yours today. Search Top Waterproof Blanket. That's T-O-P Waterproof Blanket. Great sex starts now. It sure does, and so does today's show. You know we're Carol and David. This is The Sexy Lifestyle, and we are super, super excited to welcome today's special guest. Mark Anthony, or the psychic lawyer, is also known as the psychic explorer, and he's the author of two bestsellers, Evidence of Eternity and Never Letting Go. Mark Anthony did a psychic reading with me last week, which was amazing, and we're going to get into it shortly. We sure are, and I can't wait. Mark Anthony, direct from Florida, thank you for taking time out of your day, and welcome to The Sexy Lifestyle. Well, thank you, Dave. Thank you, Carol. It's an honor to be on your show. Yay. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what's happening in your life during this isolation and has the pandemic affected your lifestyle? It it absolutely uh, has affected me. I I don't know how it hasn't had an impact on anyone globally. I had a whole 2020 U.S. tour ready to go. So everything had to get either canceled or going to be rescheduled into 2021. So I've been working out of my home. I've been doing a lot of shows like this one. So, uh, Carol and David, I've continued my Mark Anthony 2020 Visionary Tour by appearing on shows like this one online. And I think it's great that we're taking advantage of this miraculous technology that we have to interconnect with people globally. Well, it's crazy. And are you alone at home or who are you with? 
I'm, I'm alone at home, although I have some family members uh, come and visit me uh, now and again. Uh, we're all we're all very cautious with our um, social distancing. We all have N95 masks. Uh, we're all we all have a, a good background in uh, in germophobia, as you would say. <laughs> well, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. So it's never. We, we've been practicing social distancing. We've been having sex doggy style, right? <laughs> right. But David, it's okay. We do not have to social distance. We We're don't. Fine. No. So why have I? Why am I doing you doggy? Because <laughs> you like it. Oh yes, you like it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. So, Mark, why don't you tell us a little bit about the journey of how you got into this world of being a psychic medium and and how it all started. Thank you, Carol. It is my world. And what I mean by that is both of my parents had these abilities and it runs on both sides of the family for generations. My father's family has been in the United States since the 1690s and they were very conservative uh, people from Pennsylvania. They were Baptists. In fact, my great-great-grandfather was a Baptist minister who founded the church in my dad's hometown. And then my mother's family came over from Italy, and they looked at it very differently than my dad's family. They looked at it as the gift of second sight, a gift from God. Long story short, my dad was a Navy SEAL, and when he got out of the Navy, he met my mom at a dance, and he said, when I saw her, there was just something. And he said she was a knockout, but there was more to it than that. And after a couple dates, my mother said, you know, there's something I got to tell you. My dad's like, what? She said, I I see spirits. Dad goes, really? I do too. And like, what? And they realized that, that they both had the ability to perceive spirits. Wow. That's so, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's a real trip. And, and um, so when I was about three and a half, I started seeing spirits. And I remember mom was like, he's got it. And my dad was like, He's got it. Um, <laughs> it's like a curse well, and a blessing all in one. Yeah, yes, it, it is. Um, because in in my mother's side of the family, my great grandmother, her name was Giovanna, and a couple years ago, PBS did a special called "The Italian Americans," and they did actually an entire segment on Giovanna, and they referenced her psychic and mystical abilities and how she was revered in the. Um, Italian-American community in North New Jersey and the New York City area, whereas in my fa- my father's family, it was kept very hush-hush. You know, it's funny because, you know, talking about uh, about this on, on a show that deals with sexual issues, you know, some things are, you know, let's not discuss right. it, keep it behind closed doors. And that's kind of how my family, huh. uh, my dad's family, looked at it with uh, the psychic abilities. And the reason for that is that his sister, Marjorie, and I write about this in my book, Evidence of Eternity, very highly gifted psychic medium. And she was also um, could foresee future events. And she was married to this guy who was very religious. He was a fundamentalist. And he worked at a steel plant in, in Harris, uh, Harrison, Pennsylvania. And one day he wanted he was getting ready to go to work and Aunt Marjorie wouldn't let him. And she said, something's horrible going to happen. Something horrible is going to happen. And she said, my stomach hurts. And, and, and you know, because we feel a lot of impulses in our in our stomachs uh, because of the location of the solar plexus. So it goes, fine, fine, I'll stay home. Well, that day, a crane was lifting thousands of pounds of steel beams and the cable snapped 
and it flattened the machine shop where he worked and killed everybody there. Wow, what so, a story! Yeah, wow. So, well, is it you would, you would, is, is it yeah, normally something that is uh, genetic or hereditary? Is it is that normal? Do you see that in often in families? Very much so. Um, it appears to be a, what's known as a recessive genetic trait. Um, and if, if I can, um, what happened with Aunt Marjorie? Mm. You think that her husband would have been would have been grateful. Instead, he felt that she was doing the work of the devil. And my father said one night, literally, these two men in white jackets came and they forcibly removed her from her home. Mm. She was screaming and begging him. They put her in a straitjacker, took her to a mental institution, and she was subjected to electroshock therapy over a period of six months until she no longer had her ability. And so when I began to manifest this, and I never met my Aunt Marjorie, at least not on this side. I I see her spiritually quite a bit. Uh, He was concerned. And I remember he sat me down and says, Mark, you can talk about this to mommy and daddy, but not to people outside of the house because they won't believe you. And people who see things, other people don't get taken away. Mm. And let me tell you, when you tell a three-and-a-half-year-old that, obviously I remembered it. I mean, it was, yeah. it was very ominous. But as it got older, I, I saw why he had these concerns. Sounds like Superman. Superman. Yeah, you know, Superman came and he had landed as a baby and the parents didn't want him to know he had his superpowers because people would look at him differently or take him away. And um, maybe Mark is a superhero too. Yeah, well, in, in this yeah, world, I, yes. I don't. I mean, that's <laughs> funny. I know. I never really thought of it that way, but uh, I remember when I was in England, I was at the Arthur Finley College for the Advancement of Psychic Science, and it's uh, and and it was funny because everybody there is psychic, and and I remember having lunch with some friends of mine from Scotland. And they said, you know, it feels like we're at Hogwarts and like <laughs> exactly. the wizards and witches and the muggles are outside. <laughs> yeah. Well, we feel like that sometimes, too, because some people think we're crazy, you know, being in this lifestyle where we share our partners and others are going, what? That's not possible. So, yeah, sometimes we kind of feel that way as well. Yeah, we get it. Well, it's good that the both of you are bringing to light topics that have been traditionally taboo right. and mm-hmm. things that people have hidden and feel ashamed about. Because, you know, as an attorney and as a psychic medium, I have come across a, an, an immense spectrum of, of people. Plus, I've been all over the world. And, you know, when you go to a place like Thailand, the sexual mores of Thailand are quite a bit different than they are in, you know, in a very conservative uh, uh, place um, like Alabama, you know, let's say. And... Um, you know, I see how people are, are humiliated, are made to feel bad about themselves, are taught that they're dirty. Um, and then I see how people treat, treat me, religious fanatics and people who claim to be skeptics, but they're nothing more than closed-minded cynics, mm-hmm. and how they viciously attack me that I'm either doing the work of Satan I love it when they, they can't even spell on social media. People go, you're doing the work of S-A-T-I-N. It's like, how is it that I'm doing the work of a Satin. smooth and shiny fabric? <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, you know, <laughs> but like, hey, maybe maybe that uh, water uh, blanket you're talking about, maybe I'm doing that work, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but no, I'm sorry. No, 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 no um, uh, offense intended. No, exactly. And then people say, you can't do that. And it's like, well, how do you know that I can't do it? Just because it's, you know, There's something that Neil deGrasse Tyson, the famous astrophysicist, said. 
So the beauty of science is you don't have to believe it for it to be true. And just because somebody doesn't understand something, just because it's outside of your realm of experience, just because you don't believe it doesn't mean it isn't true. No, exactly. Like if you don't see the atom in the molecules and yet we know they're there and we know they're working and how they work and how they interact and what forces can be applied to them. This is just a different type of atom. Absolutely. And so that's why I applaud the two of you for, for bringing to light things that really do need to be discussed. So, so Mark, you know, we about 12, 13 years ago um, became swingers. And then about seven years ago, we came out and, and we told our family and our friends and our kids and our parents. And um, some of them were surprised. Some of them weren't because we went to nudist beaches. But to, you know, talk to people about the swinging lifestyle and having sex with other people and having orgies and foursomes and morsums has now become common nature to us and is part of our conversation. And when people ask us, we're proud to tell them what we do and how we do it and how it strengthens our couple. When was your coming out? When did you come out and feel comfortable talking to people about this gift that you have? Well, it, it was always part of my life. In growing up, I realized pretty quickly, because I went to Catholic school, and I was essentially kind of headed in the direction of becoming a Catholic priest, which, you know, for somebody who has these spiritual experiences is not an unusual thing. But as I started getting older, um, I, I saw that for me, the uh, the traditional religions, the organized religions were too limiting. And plus, my, you know, my parents, you know, we would have discussions at dinner that involved Jesus, Buddha, Krishna, and, uh, you know, spirit communication. And that was nothing unusual uh, for us. And it just started intensifying. And I had a reputation in the legal community for being, that guy's a little odd, but he seems to know things that, you know, how can he know this stuff? And uh, I found out from a couple of my clients that were prisoners, <laughs> they said a lot of the cops were afraid of me. And uh, I said, <laughs> yeah, <that's funny. laughs> which, you know, when you're a lawyer, people being afraid of you is not always a bad thing. Uh -huh. but, but, to, but to answer your question directly, Dave, <clears throat> um, after my mom passed, um, which was in 2006, um, my abilities intensified off the scale. And about a week after she passed, I was driving in my car and I just was so overcome with grief and sadness that I pulled over. I remember I pulled into the strip mall parking lot and I just sat there and, and I was just staring off into space. And all of a sudden this flash of light went off inside of my head, but, but next to me. And I turned and I looked at the passenger seat and I saw my mother's profile in this silver white light. And this voice, her voice, came to me and said, you have been given the gift of mediumship so that you would not be crushed by grief, but now you must help those who are suffering with theirs. Hmm. And, when, and that was everything, seven years ago, did you say? Sorry? That was 14, okay. 14 years ago. And everything at that moment changed. And then I... Um, I was working at a government agency, uh, which um, it's a long story, but they hired me to oversee court operations for the clerk's office. And my boss's political enemies, because he's the he was the elected official, they made sure it hit the TV news and TV cameras showed up at the the my office, demanding to know why the county had hired a psychic. Huh. 
and they were trying to paint it out that you know we were conducting seances in in court. And I said, no, I've I've, been, I've managed four law firms. I've tried three hundred jury trials. I'm a uh, you know, I, I was a highly respected attorney. I'm a member of the United States Supreme Court Bar. I was hired not because of my spiritual or religious beliefs, but because of my abilities. And, oh, my God, they, they were plastering all these horrible cartoons about me in the newspaper and making fun of me. And I remember I, I went to go see my dad. You know, mom, mom had been gone for, for a couple of years at this point. And I remember walking into his house and he said, Mark. And he came up to me and he put his hands on my shoulders and he looked me in the eye. He said, be proud of who you are. Hold your head high. You know that you're authentic. You know that you are real. And all those other people, well, they can just pack sand. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, we have to be our true selves. Otherwise, we're going to be unhappy in our lives. And that's true for everybody in this world. Just be your true self uh, over and out. You know, that's it. And whenever we can, it, it, just that's who we it should is. be. Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, and, and so that's why it's good that we're finally in a place where we can talk about things. I mean, there are parts of the world where people like me are beheaded yeah. and burned alive. Yeah. Still in the 21st century. But wait, there's parts of the world where people like me and David will be headed and be burned alive as well. You know, I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> They're the same countries. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Not where we visit very often. But, but in North, in North America... You know, I could have a job and they find out I'm a swinger and they'll fire me yeah. because, There's you know. There's still a cultural taboo, for it, sure. It is. And, but if, if, I, if I got caught cheating, it's like, hey, he's one of the boys. But as a swinger, as doing something consensual as a couple, which strengthens us, it's not accepted yet. Yeah, they, um, in that TV series, I think it's an HBO series, Billions. Have you seen that? No. Um, Paul Giamatti, he plays this... Um, this prosecutor and he gets elected to an office and he and his wife are in this S&M relationship and his political enemies threaten to expose it. So he goes on television and says, hey, this is who we are and this is mm -hmm. what we do. Mm -hmm. And it's really fascinating because then you see all the repercussions, both politically, um, business wise, and then, of course, how it affects his, his wife, who is uh, uh, working in this big hedge fund company. And, you know, it's, it, it's very interesting how quick people who are supposed to be Christians are ready to cast the first stone of judgment. Well, I would like to, to say that they're as curious as everybody else in the world about those times, kinds of lifestyles as they are curious about your psychic medium abilities and whether they believe it or not. I think the whole world is curious about all these things that are a little bit different or a little bit off. Well, they are, and and it and, and and thing is, and let me let me take a step back. I don't mean to crash on Christians, because true Christians don't judge, but mm -hmm. religious fanatics do. Mm -hmm. And the question you have to ask yourself is, which one are you? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you know, when we we look at ourselves, because you know, people say, well, this is bad. You know, the two of you are wrong. What Mark does is evil. It's like, yeah, but is it your jo job to judge right. me, or is that the divine's? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And and that's that therein lies the difference. And all these ridiculous bronze and iron age uh, restrictions have been put upon people and make people feel guilty and bad about themselves. I mean, mediums being punished because we have this ability 
to communicate with another dimension. People like um, the two of you who are bringing issues out to the forefront and saying that, well, maybe people are pansexual. Maybe that's what we are by nature mm -hmm. instead of, you know, being made to feel guilty about this. Right, right. And labeling people, I mean, especially when you don't understand, that's the first thing that happens. Judging. And so when you realize after that this is your calling and that your dad gave you, I guess, the, the okay or you felt fine being yourself, your true self, how did you start in, I guess, the business of being a psychic medium? It, it just... You know, I'm a firm believer that that life is like a river and you have to flow with it instead of against it. And it became very clear to me that this was the path I, I was on. And I remember I was at Harvard and I uh, was about a, about a couple months after the event that I just described. And I was supposed to be giving a lecture that night on the afterlife and doing a book signing for my first book, Never Letting Go. And my boss called me and he said, oh, we're getting all kinds of flack. And, and I said, you know, I'm done. I quit. He goes, what? I go, I'm done with this. And I remember uh, hanging up the phone and my manager, she was, she was with me, Rocky. And I go, oh, my God, I just quit. I go, I just left the legal profession. She said, Mark, look around. Where are you? I said, I'm at Harvard. And she goes, and what are you doing tonight? I go, I'm giving a lecture on the afterlife. She goes, Mark, I think you made the right decision. Mm -hmm. And, and it all hit me that, okay. And so sometimes a door is opened and we're shoved through it. Mm -hmm. And this is what I'm supposed to be doing is by facilitating communication between this side and the other side to help people understand that this isn't all there is, that life is actually eternal and that we are immortal living beings having a temporary material world existence. Right. Well, well, we, we had the same awakening when we found the swinging lifestyle. We were on vacation in Mexico. We met this couple from Europe. We sat there for two or three days watching them touch, feel, kiss, do whatever they were doing on the beach. They started talking to us. One thing led to another. We ended up playing with them. And we found this is our calling. We were we wanted to be open sexually. We wanted to be there. And it took a few years for it all to get rolling properly. And now we have this podcast where we get to talk to people about, you know, not necessarily um, you have to become a swinger, but how to spice up your sex life and how to make sure you keep your uh, relationship spicy and, and good and strong all the time. And there's ways to do it. And, and cheating is not one of those ways. So, you know, we've gone through a journey and we've learned and we have great experts on our show like yourself and, and other doctors and, and sex experts that come on and talk about things. But the cool thing we like to listen to on our show is how does it work? How 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 is it that you can talk to the spirits and bring things forward? It, it is based on sound scientific principles in human physiology. And everybody may not be a psychic or a medium, but everybody is capable of having a psychic or mediumistic experience. And there's two receptor areas in the body. One is the solar plexus, which is just below the rib cage in the pit of the stomach. That's why we get gut feelings. That's where that old expression came from. And that's the second most complex bundle of nerves outside of the cerebral cortex in the body. And so that's when we get intuitive feelings, emotional impressions. That's the receptor area for that. And then 
about four inches behind the center of the forehead for people who do yoga. Um, the, the solar plexus is the yellow chakra and the third eye chakra, which is the indigo uh, colored chakra. Four inches behind the forehead is the pineal gland in the brain, which is a very complex and mysterious gland. It's about the size of a lima bean. It, and recent studies in Britain and France, Germany, and Israel have found that there's calcite and magnetite crystals within there, which generate an electromagnetic field. It generates um, and regulates our brainwave frequencies. I mean, I could talk about the pineal gland for about an hour, but long story short, station in our head. Mm. And so <clears throat> for some reason, people like me are able to raise my brainwave frequency and achieve an alignment with another dimension, meaning the other side, where they bring their frequency down, we get a frequency match. It's like tuning into a radio station. Normally, this takes hours in the dream state. That's why many people will have, while they're sleeping, an encounter with a loved one who has died, and it feels real. They feel mm -hmm. like they're uh, talking, a real conversation, and when you wake up, it's like, my God, I was really talking to, you know, to my son or to my wife or, or to whoever, you know, whoever it was, and that's because we have four different types of brain waves, beta, alpha, theta, delta. And it's on the alpha-theta border where psychic and spiritual activity occur. And normally it takes several hours to get there. But for whatever, you know, in the sleep state. But we're still not sure why, but people like me can go from beta, which we're in right now, to alpha-theta within seconds. So it's sort of like a, a switch that I, I guess. I always figure maybe I have an extra calcite crystal <laughs> or something. Yeah. You know, but, but, and so what a spirit does is they're pure energy. And what I mean by that is that the soul is, is housed in the brain. In other words, consciousness, the soul, the spirit, whatever you want to call it, is not created by the brain. It is housed by it. And so when we die, the electrical field, the electromagnetic field in our, our brain stays intact. It's like a drop of water that plunges into an eternal sea of souls. That's what I call the collective consciousness. And so... When I open up to spirit communication, I'm raising my brainwave frequency. Spirit lowers theirs, and we get a frequency match, and there is, is the uh, communication. And then to answer um, your question, David, what the spirit does is they're emitting impulses. And when their electromagnetic field interfaces with the electrical field in my brain, it then gets converted into recognizable symbols and concepts based on my memories, feelings, and cultural associations. So that, in a nutshell, is the mechanics of spirit communication. Wow, that's all crazy and really great. We're just going to ask you to hold that thought. We're going to come right back to it because it's all so fascinating. Talk about Carol's reading. Too. <laughs> yeah, we just want to remind everybody that this is a sexy lifestyle, and we are Carol and David, and we're talking with Mark Anthony, the psychic explorer, all about communicating with the spirits in the afterlife. You know, as a source of perhaps personal information that we might be seeking. We'll be right back with more. So stay tuned. All right. This is The Sexy Lifestyle. You know we're Carol and David, and now we're going to get back to chatting with best-selling author Mark Anthony, the psychic explorer, as we continue our discussions about connecting with the afterworld as a means of answering important questions in this world. 
Now, Mark, I had a great time with you last week when you did your reading. What, what, what? what? You what? had a... You, you and Mark got together? Well, yes, we did over the phone, David. Okay, that's social distancing, right? You were there. It's all good. It's fine. <laughs> I wasn't there. Well, you were in the house at the same time. I sensed what was going on. You did. You sat quietly. And I you knew can't that. wait to hear about this. Right. And I had a great time doing that. It was my very first experience with a psychic uh, medium. And I know the kind of information that you gave me, but um, what exactly in your words is how does talking with the spirits help somebody who's living in in many ways um, spirits can transmit messages of love healing and resolution because a lot of people have unresolved issues Um, maybe the last words they had with them with somebody that they loved weren't very good or died suddenly unexpectedly maybe somebody is ridden with guilt feeling that they're somehow responsible for the death of the person so spirits can help um, clear up a lot of unresolved issues another thing particularly I, I believe for parents who've lost children is did my child disintegrate into nothingness mm. and that is I think the greatest fear for people that someone that meant so much to you has simply ceased to exist, Mm -hmm. has just become a blank nothing. And I certainly know that that is not the case. Um, Also, I'm a near-death experiencer. At age four, I had an NDE where I, I died, went into the afterlife and came back. Also, I've been working with near death experience researchers and scientists. And based on the past 50 years of research um, in survival of consciousness, consciousness, the conclusion is that when we die, physical death is not the end of existence. So that's why spirit communication is so important. And that's why I, as an attorney, believe how, you know, of course, I have to have evidence to prove my case. And that's why. I focus on what's known as evidential mediumship. Instead of just saying, oh, your grandmother's here and she loves you, it is more important to bring forth things about that person that I couldn't possibly know to verify the authenticity of the contact, and then that will lead to them transmitting messages to me of love, healing, and resolution, as well as they can provide guidance to somebody for what is going on in their life now. Now, when we first started our uh, reading last week, um, and of course we don't know each other, uh, we've never met each other, uh, we started the reading, and um, without me saying anything, I think it was the first two minutes when you started to describe the spirit who is with us, I mean, you described my mother to a T, and it kind of floored me. Is that a normal reaction that you get from your clients? You know, I I do a a lot of telephone readings, particularly now during the uh, pandemic, and I do a lot of in-person and then uh, public events. And I can say that the oh my God factor is kind of universal. It's it's a little bit harder on the phone because, you know, if people are like, you know, not verbalizing their, their reaction, you know, I, I have to wait until, you know, until they catch their breath or they come back. But a lot of people, you know, they go into it and they think, oh, well, this is some kind of parlor trick or I don't know if this is real. And uh, but then when verifiable facts, pieces of evidence, shared memories, and they start talking about things going on in your life now that, that I couldn't possibly know or, you know, people say, well, you're Googling them. It's like, look, I'm a bright guy, but I can't Google everybody <laughs> in North no. America and remember it, you know, so so. Um, 
I was at a public event and there was this big guy and he was with his family. He goes, well, you're just getting stuff off of Google. And his father came through and I said, your father's talking about lemon meringue pie. And the guy's jaw dropped and he goes, I made one of those last night. Yeah. And I said, well, was it on Google? And he goes, no. <laughs> and yeah. it, was, it was really kind of funny. And I'll tell you, this guy turned around and then there were you know, several other things which came through. Well, so, and it, one it, thing was that you didn't even know my mother had passed. So it's not like we had a discussion of who was with me in the, in this world and who was with me in another world. So, you know, uh, that's how those are the kinds of things that are actually shocking and fascinating and enlightening. Like I felt great that she was there. Isn't it? it it's, it's so inspiring. You know, in, in love transcends physical death. That That is just you know, love. We can't prove love, can we? You can't put it under a microscope. You can't subject it to the scientific method. How do you prove love? But we all know it exists. And so when a spirit reaches across from another dimension to let you know that your mother is around you, aware of what's happening, knows what's going on with your kids, what's happening with you and David, it just just is so inspiring yeah it's a very cool feeling to know that which you kind of hope in the back of your mind that and we always talk about uh, she's watching from up there but it's a different feeling when you know you almost think okay well she's right here it's not even up there it's like right here (laughs) that's cool it it is and uh, you know the way i look at this i look at myself as the custodian of the gift and David brought up a, a really good point earlier. So you're kind of like Superman, yeah. you know, and it's, it's easy to go around going, I'm a superhero. I'm one of the X-Men. Well, I'm not. We all have different abilities. We all have different gifts from, from God. Um, if we were all supposed to be the same, then we'd be like the school of fish. We'd all be the same size, the same color. We'd all react to things uh, identically, but we're not. We're unique. We're diverse. And we're all good at different things. And... You know, even though we don't, as a as a human race, always get along, I think that's vastly more of a gift than if we were just a bunch of automatons. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I have a question. Do you ever have a reading where you see a spirit and that spirit is telling the person that you're with that they need to expand their sexual horizons, they need to go and have sex with other people. Does that ever come into it? How, do, how does the sexual aspect of people's lives be, gets, gets read? Well, sex comes up quite a bit in, in uh, sessions. Many times, uh, let's say somebody lost their spouse and the, the spirit of uh, the husband or the wife will come through and basically say, it's okay, you can be with people now. You can meet people now. Um, I actually had a reading of about two weeks ago. I'm laughing because when you asked that question, it made me think about it. The spirit came through and I, I was doing the reading for the, this woman and the spirit on the other side, um, it was, it was her husband who had died and the husband started focusing on her son who's alive and well in this world. And I kid you not, it came through, our son is frustrated, he really needs to get laid. Huh. And, and the, so that comes out of my, my mouth, and I'm like cringing, and the woman goes, you know, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I started, I mean, I was like, oh, God, you know, telling somebody's mother that your son needs to go out. And, and she said, my God, that is so true. 
she said he cuts himself off from everybody and, and, and he just is so frustrated and so angry and he really needs a woman bad. And it was hilarious that the spirit of her husband agreed with her or she was agreeing with him that their son really needed a sexual outlet. So things like that come up. Um, I was doing a session. It was actually at a church uh, in, in Naples, Florida, and there was about 400 people there. And I was drawn to this woman. She had to be, oh, gosh, middle 70s. But, you know, she was like in real good shape. And she goes up to the uh, the microphone and her husband came through. And I started marching on the stage. I go, feels like he was a colonel in the, mil- in the army. She goes, well, he was a colonel in the army. So wow. I love it when things like that happen. Yeah. And he said, you're good at a lot of things. And I said, uh lot of things <laughs> and everybody in the crowd got what he meant and she she says in the microphone you damn well better believe i am oh, cool. <laughs> I mean, and it's like everybody was roaring with laughter and it was fantastic because her husband was saying not just that i love you but our sex life was incredible and you know it was so validating for this elderly woman to be given this hey, I am something in the sack. And it, I remember afterwards, she came up, she goes, thank you, young man. You know, I mean, I'm not, not a spring chicken, but she goes, thank you, young man. She said, I really needed to hear that from mm. him. She goes, by the way, we had one hell of a sex life. Oh, my gosh, that's cool. And that's cool that she's able to admit it and be proud of it instead of ashamed. So that's, that's great. And Mark, does it ever happen that um, a dead partner, husband or wife tells their partner it's okay to go out and continue having great sex? Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And people say, but but I'm being unfaithful. And the, and the thing is, on the other side, people ask, well, do they have sex on the other side? The other side, see, we are corporeal entities. We are physical. You know, we have these sexual desires. There is love on the other side, but there isn't the procreation in the sense that, that we we have it. So I don't know if you could say that they have sex. I mean, I know there's love and there's some sort of energetic interfacing, but they, they will tell people that, yes, it's time for you to move on. It's time for you to, to love again, both physically and, and emotionally. Now, I know a lot of people come to you when they want to answer a question that maybe they don't know or they want advice from their loved one who's passed already. But what would you say was maybe the craziest question that somebody asked you that they wanted to be answered by a spirit? Wow, Um, that would, (laughs) you know, come to think of it. I was uh, doing a public event in, I think it was in Arizona. And this, I was drawn to this young guy and he stands up and I remember Rocky, um, Rocky was talking to, to a bunch of women about this guy afterwards. He looked like Tom Cruise in Top Gun. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had the black hair, the crystal blue eyes. This guy was like the perfect male specimen. And he stood up and he said, I need to know something. And his grandfather's spirit came through and he said, how do I get the aliens to stop abducting me? Oh. Now, (laughs) yeah, okay. And so I'm like, okay, this is a new one. And all of a sudden from his grandfather, I said, the grays, it's the grays. And this kid started freaking out. Uh, Apparently with the UFO in the abduction people, there's like four or five different alien races that they claim to have um, identified. And the grays, I guess these beings are gray, 
are are one of them. And it came out, I said, there's something about your physiology and the way you metabolize protein, and that makes you very, um, you're the perfect male specimen. That's why they keep coming to you. And and if you go to a, uh, he started explaining, change your diet to less protein, then things physiologically are going to change, and you're going to be less appealing to them. And the, the relief that came from this young man, and after the event, he came up, and first, you know, I'm thinking, well, you know, maybe he's, you know, kind of crazy. But he said, he goes, look, he goes, I know this sounds insane. He goes, but I disappear. I, I, I have these gaps where I can't remember anything. I'll wake up on my floor. I feel sore in, you know, in places. And, you know, he was talking about, like, in his anus and, and other places where I feel like I've been poked and probed. And he goes, and I know that this is happening, and I know how, how crazy this sounds. He said, but hearing my grandfather tell me this, he goes, I'm going to try it. So huh. I, I think that kind of ranks as one of yeah. the – most unusual questions huh. and, and I guess it was some sort of resolution for him um, so I'm sure he's going to live a more peaceful life after hearing this from his grandfather you know it's I have to keep an open mind um, I've talked to quite a few UFO uh, UFOologists in my life including people in the government and I think it would be naive and childish for an, an egotistical for us to believe that we are the only life forms in creation mm-hmm. and even more so that we are the supreme pinnacle of intelligence yeah. <laughs> in, in, <laughs> in the universe. <laughs> so. We won't make any Trump comments here, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Now, now. now you know. Uh, so what would you say would be like one of the common questions that people want to know when they... I'm sure there's a few of them. When they, you know, get the spirit in the room with them that they're going to ask a question to the spirit. Do they love me? No. Oh, that's the Did common... Did he love me? Oh. Did she love me? Oh. Um, that That's very, very, very common. Do they love me? Another one is, are they alone? Is he alone? And, you know, I have a very, I I take a quantum physics approach because I think quantum physics can essentially explain everything Um, because spirits can't be alone. And I I try to explain to people that our brain's like a computer hard drive. And when the hard drive crashes, the program plunges. It's like a drop of water which plunges into the eternal sea of the collective consciousness. So that spirits being pure energy are linked to other spirits, linked to other spirits, linked to other spirits, which is why when they come through and they communicate with me, um, many times they'll start giving me medical information about the person that I'm doing the reading for or about someone close to that person here in this world. And it's really fascinating when I get a good connection and a, and a person that, uh, that is open um, to receiving the information because even though like, you know, Uncle Charlie may be the one communicating, it's like I'm hearing thousands of voices speaking in unison. And I've been studying and tracking this for so long that I know that's that's the collective consciousness, which is what um, um, the great, great psychic Edgar Cayce used to describe a similar phenomenon, which he called the universal mind. I think, you know, it's just different terms, but the, the same knowledge base. No, that's very cool. Is that their loved one is somehow... Mark, Mark, just to say that once more. 
Oh, a great fear for many people in this world is that a loved one who's passed is somehow alone or isolated mm. and that they're in somehow in a state of torment. So it's very important for them to understand that that is not the case. Oh, very, very interesting. And do you get a lot of repeat customers who want to continue a discussion or constantly have questions for the same spirit or hoping to connect over and over again with the same spirit? I do. I have uh, many, many repeat clients. And um, on my website and my books, I tell people, wait at least six months in between readings. And there's a number of reasons that I do that. Um, for example, if somebody um, has just lost a loved one, I recommend wait four to six months after the, re- uh, after the passing before reading. The spirit can communicate right away. And I've got plenty of stories how, I mean, I've been there when people have died and actually seen their spirit leave and the people that are greeting them. And uh, in fact, they give a whole, whole presentation on what's known as the shared death experience. And, but it's not that the spirit can't communicate right away. It's that the person who wants to communicate with them is so overcome with pain and negative emotions that if they're hysterical crying through the reading, like for example, Carol, when, when I did the reading for you last week, Mm -hmm. you were, were very, you know, open-minded, you were very clear in your thinking, but if you had been hysterically crying through that whole event, how much would you have gotten out of it? Not a whole lot. Exactly. And so that's why I I recommend people wait four to six months so that emotions stabilize, and then you'll be able to get the maximum benefit out of the reading. And the reason that I tell people to wait six months in between readings is because you'll be at a different point in your life, either with your grief or what's going on with you personally or in some other way, so that then you will be getting messages and information relevant to what's happening with you at that point. Because I've had a couple people say, well, I had a reading with you, then I went to another medium and I got a lot of the same messages. It's like, that's right. Because the other side, what you need to hear at this time is that. Also, and I want to say this for all the listeners, be, be aware or beware of psychics who tell you you're haunted, you're possessed, there is a spirit attached to your aura, your loved one's in hell and cursed, and if you come to me, I can get that changed, and you can, you know you have to come to me four, five, six times a week at $500 uh, a session. The problem with mediumship is that it is um, fraught with fraud. Um, and anyone who tries to convince you that a loved one is in hell or suffering and only they can relieve this curse is a charlatan, is a scammer, and actually should be reported to the law. Hmm. And do you uh, ever use this medium to help you in your job as a lawyer? Uh, Well, right now my entire focus is on um, my mediumship, but when I was an attorney, most definitely, because it's part of my skill set, and in, in my book, Never Letting Go, I explain, like, I was selecting a jury. And jury selection comes before we start taking evidence where the prosecution gets to ask the prospective jurors questions, and then the defense gets to ask them, the intent of which is to get the most fair and impartial jury possible. And during the jury selection, um, it was a criminal case. So my client was a big bruiser, got in a fight with another big, you know, big guy. It was like, you know, Tough guy A beat up tough guy B, and so the loser filed charges. So it was mutual combat. So, you know, my client was you know, not really a bad guy, but you know, bad enough. And there was this one juror I kept getting drawn to as a female. 
and I kept feeling this tightening around my neck and I kept feeling a female energy associated with her and it kept intensifying and intensifying. So now it's my turn to ask questions. And I said, has anyone on the prospective juror panel ever been um, a victim of a crime or has anyone in their family ever been the victim of a crime? And lo and behold, that woman raises her hand and she begins to tremble and Mm. shake and the tears start to pour from her eyes and she looks up at me and she said a year ago my sister was in a foreign country when an escaped mental patient strangled her and then dismembered her body and threw her in a dumpster like she was garbage oh boy all right now i'm standing there in court and i can hear my client going dude what are you doing (laughs) and everyone's looking at me even the prosecutor was a real pain didn't you know you know object object and i'm standing there thinking they didn't teach me in law school how to deal with this one and i and now i'm starting to see the image of her sister forming behind her and i got a foot in both worlds and if people want to find out what happened they have to get my book never letting go. <laughs> I like that. I like that plug. That's very cool. I mean, all of this is very, very fascinating. But the one thing that you didn't quite answer, and I want to ask specifically, at what age did you really know that this is a gift that you have? I know you said you started at four, you started seeing visions, but when you were positive about it, not like a negative thing where your parents said, no, don't tell anybody, like at what what stage well, did you actually know? It was never negative with them. They said, don't tell people. Yeah, keep it secret. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Don't tell people because they won't understand, but you can tell us. And so they never told me to suppress it. And so that's why I feel very fortunate having had the parents that I I did. Um, It was always there. It was always there. And it just, um, after mom died, that's when it became very apparent that this is what I, I needed to shift out of law into doing this full time. And the reason that I went to law school and and practiced law is that it gave me credibility, Mm. it gave me analytical Mm -hmm. ability, and I transferred those skills and abilities into my approach to mediumship to enhance it. So it's it's been part of me from, from day one. And I can go and look back over my entire life. It's like when I was a a college student and I was um, in Germany and we went to Dachau concentration camp. Wow, yeah, uh, I was there too. Uh, And all of a sudden I start having a meltdown Mm. and I could, because I could see all these shrieking um, spirits. What Mm. I was doing is I was picking up on the residual energy echo of the brutality and the genocide that occurred there. It's not like these spirits are trapped there. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe in trapped spirits and all that, that garbage that, you know, a lot of these people are trying to, trying to um, sell you. But um, I was picking up on the residual energy echo. Well, I was a 19 year old kid with a hangover because we've been partying in Munich the night before and I wasn't you know ready for that and nor did I expect that was going to happen to that extent and um, so there's not a time in my life Carol that that it hasn't been part of me and that's why I've never been afraid of spirit Uh, contact I don't look at them as spooky or scary or demonic or evil it's it's amazing and I'm I'm so humbled by it and, and honored that for whatever reason, I've been chosen to have this ability. Now, you keep saying that you decided to leave the legal field to go into the medium field, but you've been part of lots of cases, legal trials, where you've used your um, your medium ability to help solve some of these cases, correct? 
yes, except since uh, leaving the active practice of law, now um, I'm, I'm free of all the uh, restrictions, but I um, have helped law enforcement and I've helped families provide provide leads. In other words, as a, as a medium, mediumistic ability is not admissible in court under the hearsay rule because it's an out-of-court statement offered to prove the truth of the matter asserted. So certainly, and you can't cross-examine a witness on the, uh, I mean, a, a spirit on the witness stand. <laughs> right. But, yeah, it's like, so you would have us believe, you know. Um, <laughs> but what I can do is by making um, a connection for a family member of, of a murder victim, I can get information which can lead the police on the path to find discoverable and admissible evidence. Mm -hmm. And that's why psychics and mediums are used behind the scenes by police. And it's a lot more widespread than is than is generally known. Wow, this is all so fascinating. I could talk for hours on this, and I know we are coming to the end of the show. We really love to do a recap at the end of our show. What would you say would be the two biggest benefits of a person can, that a person can get when they have a psychic reading? I think that it can add clarity of purpose um, of maybe what's going on in your life, and also that it brings resolution resolution how many times i wish i could have said i love you was she angry with me why didn't i say this i spoke in anger i mean i know somebody whose father was dying and he had some dementia and one night he was taking care of this this elderly man and he said i wish you die and then realized what he'd said and then two weeks later his father did die mm. and even though you know, I've made connections for this this gentleman, and his father basically said, "Look, I know, I know, you just were tired and worn out, and I love you so much that this is still something that gnaws at this man, but maybe it's not as bad now." So it's it's all about healing. It's healing in love because nothing spiritual is controlling. They're not here to dominate us or control our lives. They're here to offer guidance, but most importantly. Death can kill love. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Now, if someone wanted to have a reading with you, how would they get a hold of you? What is the, the most easy way to do this? Through my website, and I do telephone readings, which are just as accurate as in-person readings. And uh, it take either one of my books, neverlettinggo.com or evidenceofeternity.com, and it'll go to my website. And, uh, and, and you know, um, Carol and David, for all of your listeners... Anyone who goes to my website, evidenceofeternity.com, and applies for a phone reading, if you mention Carol and David or The Sexy Lifestyle, you will be eligible for a reduced fee reading. And I want to make that available to all of your listeners because, you know, we are all um, under pressure with this COVID crisis. And now more than ever, we need to hear from our loved ones in spirit. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad you mentioned that they should wait. I don't know if anybody out there has lost a, a loved one to COVID, but to, if that's the case, to wait at least a few months before contacting you. Is that correct? Uh, I, I think so. But, you know, because of the lead-in time for a reading, if they just say that, 
you know, can you schedule me, um, you know, for about three or four months from now, four or five months from now, um, my my assistant will be happy, okay. happy to uh, accommodate people's requests. I got you. And I just got to tell you, from my experience in going through it, it was so enlightening. And, um, you know, I didn't have a question for any spirits in the afterlife. I didn't go in there with some questions, but I certainly came out with a lot of answers. So it doesn't mean that you have to have a question to have a reading. Uh, and just be open-minded to whatever comes out of it and to digest it and to interpret those things, whatever feels good for, for you. That's what happened to a- me. Actually, Carol, the way you approach the reading, I think, is one of the best ways. Check your expectations at the door mm-hmm. and let it let it unfold and let it happen. But, you know, people do have questions, jot some down, but many times the spirits will address them maybe even before you even ask them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very good. And, you know, we're always looking for new ways to find information. And, of course, being open-minded is how we live our lives. So I was very, very happy to experience that. So, Mark, I just want to thank you again. Oh, it was was my pleasure and my honor. And I want to thank both of you for having me on the show. And, uh, you know, this is a a bit different type Mm -hmm. of show for Mm -hmm. me. And you guys, I just admire and respect the work that you're doing, the openness and the honesty. So thank you very much. And to all your listeners, keep tuning in. God bless all of you and namaste. And thanks again. And if you missed any of the information that Mark gave you about how to reach him and find his books and book an appointment, you just have to go to our website, thesexylifestyle.com, where any every one of our guests, including Mark, will have their own page with all of their information. And you can contact them if you have any questions, whether it's about sex, sexuality, or spirits. Um, and we're learning more and more every week from all our fantastic guests and we hope that you do too and we just want to take a moment before we head out here to tell you all about our new partnership with alt playground apg if you're looking for an online open-minded community to find compatible people and events in your area well then you should join altplayground.net that's a-l-t playground.net it's a lifestyle site that's expanding to include lots of amazing lifestyle resources to connect you with other like-minded people. And remember to stay safe and stay healthy and follow all the suggested protocols issued by your local health authorities. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, and practice social distancing. And please continue to listen to our show and visit our website, thesexylifestyle.com. And if you have any questions at all, you can always send us an email at ask at carolandavid.com. Well, that's it for our show today. Mark Anthony, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And as always, a big thank you to all our listeners for being there week in and week out. And join us again next time for another hour of The Sexy Lifestyle, talking about sex, sexuality, and all the fun ways to spice up your sex life. Everyone, stay happy, healthy, and horny. Stay safe. And of course, stay sexy. Until next time. Thank you for joining Carol and David for this week's edition of The Sexy Lifestyle. We've got another one lined up next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The weekend is just around the corner, so try something new, spice it up, and you just might have the best sex ever. 